How are you? I'm all right. Obviously, last week we we spoke about things that we've been watching, and you said you just finished the entire sort of season of Friends. Yeah, they mentioned it the last previous few weeks. At the time of kind of recording this, we got the news. Obviously, Matthew Perry had passed away. So thoughts after you know on on the back of watching Friends really recently. I mean, it was devastating for me, and we we watch yeah. Friends all the time. But you yeah. just got back into it as well, yeah. And not only just Friends, like interviews of them all. No, before before Matthew in Perry, the build up to watching, uh, yeah. Alongside and I was, Friends, I was love I was love watching all the bloopers, the outtakes, and actually Matthew Perry is so funny in the outtakes. There's one where there's a whole blooper set of Matthew Perry taking the piss out of other characters, other actors' mistakes while making it. So say some yeah. like Monica mispronounces the word, he'll then do the same thing the next take. And he's so funny. Oh. I, I'm shocked, I've, I've got to say. Like, I know you're thinking, oh, you've never known him and all that, but I think for our generation... I think when it comes to TV actors, they're in your house. Yes. And I think that's why, like... TV actors say it themselves, don't they? When they're out and about, people speak to them like they know them. Yeah. Sometimes they speak it's to them like they're personal. the character. Yeah, and because back in them days, you watched it every week. It's not like now you don't mm. binge it. So for 10 years, every Friday night, for half the year, was Friends. In, I, I can't remember if I mentioned this last week, but do you remember when we used to do the hospital radio? Yes. And obviously we didn't have a TV. But if you remember, there used to be the little radio with the built-in black and white telly. We met, yeah, we spoke about yeah. this the other week. That's, yeah. That was how I think I actually first started watching Friends on a little mini black and white telly that was built into a radio, yeah. which if the listeners under like 30 would wonder, what the hell am I talking yeah, about? Yeah. I mean, we didn't even know the door was purple until like we got home and watched <laughs> got home and watched like a repeat the week after. But I mean, saying that, you didn't even get, I'm thinking about it, you didn't even get repeats of Friends no. till years later, did no, you? And then no, Comedy Central picked it up. Yeah, it it was a bit sad, and and obviously the. the I do. You, do you think that they ever would have come back to I, to do an actual show apart from the? I know they did the special. I don't think so. I, I think they'd all moved on. I don't think they had moved on. I think they all had. You saw on that reunion, the bond between all six of them is so special. Mm. But I mean, so moved on from like. Filming and and working and, and on I the think show. There's an argument is because they were so successful and so well paid. Maybe it sort of took away from their desire to go. Because they've all gone and done bits, you know. Mm. So it's not like they've done nothing, but that real drive to go and do something really amazing. They've all done some good stuff outside of friends. But like the footage I was watching, where in the reunion one where the, the, the three fellas are sat there. And Matthew Perry's trying to, you can hear talking behind, like off camera, hmm. and he's waving, going, uh, and then Matt LeBlanc goes, That's the girls, that they're being interviewed on the other side. And he's like, All oh, right. And he was like, you, and, he, and then Matt LeBlanc goes, We're being filmed. He's like, What? He said, So I'm waving like a madman. And it was the fact that Matt was so protective the way he dealt with Matthew Perry. He was like, Nasty. He was so protective over him because it it was shocking when we saw him because he was he didn't look great. His his weight, if you've if you've been sort of binge watching it, you see his weight's kind of going up and down. You can tell the seasons where clearly he was. Yeah, he's he's admitted himself. Some seasons he was big, he was drinking, some seasons he was thin, it was he was doing a lot of drugs and stuff. But it was almost like on the reunion, it was almost like he'd had a stroke, he was slightly... And I don't know what point if he was sober, because he was very off and on. When he was sober, he was sober, and by all accounts, right up until his death, he was he was leading quite a sober mm. life. But he'd had such a hard struggle. Yeah, but very open about yeah. it as well, you know, that's, and that's I, the good thing, isn't it? In a recent interview, because he, he, apparently his, his memoir book is so brutally honest over his life that... A lot of people said it's actually too much. It's too. It's, but he says if I'm remembered for anything, it's while the periods I haven't been out of it. I've been there for anyone who needed help, and apparently I saw a really lovely video of Hank Azira, basically saying it was Matthew Perry that took him 
to oh, really? AA yeah. for the first time. And Hank said, I've I've never gone back and I've watched Matthew come in and out. And he said, it was, he said we lost Matthew to it years ago. And that was really heartbreaking mm. to listen to as well. He, he said, we've, we've been robbed of such a lovely person and also one of the funniest people. And I was watching footage of them behind the scenes and more than any of the other actors on out of the system, the writers would confer with Matthew what actually what would Math what would Chandler say here? So he had quite a lot of input because they're amazing. If you'll see any footage of the make friends is they have a script and then they'll do a live when you do a live show, they're writing actually as they go along as Change well. They'll have lines. a team of writers and then they'll come to the and they'll redo it and redo it. It's it's amazing the way they can just pull it out the bag. There was a really nice story from uh, John Stamos. He, in Friends, he's in the special one, uh, not special one, he's in one of the episodes where they're, you know, they're trying to find the sperm donor. Yes. And he brings um, he brings John Stamos home. So John Stamos obviously isn't, I don't think he's like huge in the UK, but he's been in loads mm. of sitcoms in America. Because he was the good looking one with Chandler and Monica went a bit weird. Yeah. Though. Well, yes. So apparently what happened was when they're sort of backstage to sort of Dream up, Matthew Perry was saying to John Stamos, God, the, the crowd is going to go absolutely nuts when you open this door. I can't remember exactly what he said, but along the lines of like, you know, just sort of enjoy it. Anyway, John Stamos opens the door and it's just deathly silence and they just carry on filming and John Stamos felt awful. And he said, and they go off. He said, but Matthew Perry made a big thing of going to the crowd going, did you not realise that? was John Stamos and that you mustn't have recognised him. And he said it was just such a nice thing to yeah. to do and go to the crowd and then obviously the crowd went did go nuts and he come back out and stuff. So it was just really like just seems like such a nice guy. I think he? that was the thing. He was such a lovely fella and and you can just see especially the footage of the reunion the other year and all all five of the others were very protective over Matthew. You could tell that he was he was in the middle of st- struggles. I get people going on friends as well, don't get it, but for a lot of people, our generation, it was a massive part of our lives. And it's, it's found in the new generation, isn't it? We, we mentioned this, I think, last week, didn't we? We've hit, I think we've hitting Netflix. Like, certainly students just seem yeah. to be getting into it, and that, that show will be on TV long after me and you are gone. Yeah, It'll it's, be on all the time. I don't care what you say. It's... It's up there with Frasier and Cheers. It's so funny. Every line you know is common. You can repeat it. You can say it along with them. It still makes me laugh. And it's all about the characters and the delivery. And that's what that's what made it. It, it, was, it was special. They all knew. Like they've all said, the minute they did the pilot, they all knew it was special. Yeah. So shall we go on to the one with the rock stars? Hello and welcome to Watch It If You Can. My name is Dave. My name is Liam. This podcast is all about box sets we've created of our favourite films and TV shows. Some you've seen, some you haven't, and others you may never want to watch. However, I can say, if you've never seen Main Man, that's the end of that conversation. All we want to do is chat on about these films and TV shows we love so dearly, and maybe, just maybe, you should watch it if you can. You right? I'm okay. I'm, I'm soaked. Oh, you are. No, it's absolutely <laughs> lashing down tonight, isn't it? I'm not. Yeah, I've walked to you in <laughs> oh, the to, absolute To rain. be fair, I took the dog out and literally went up the road and ran back and I don't know, I was soaked. You're getting no sympathy for me. I'm literally, in, I'm, I can bring my pants out. <laughs> I'm absolutely soaked. This is technically episode three of the Rob Biner box set. Yes. We've done Stand By Me sort of a part of a previous box set. So that will be an episode we'll we'll include in the overall box set we're creating. So for episode three, we've got some Rob Reiner facts. We have. Me Rob Reiner facts this week are 
Rob Reiner grew up in the Bronx over the road from his future wife and fellow filmmaker Penny Marshall. Oh, really? Rob Reiner was good friends and went to school with Richard Dreyfus. Ah, uh, which links to the Stand By Me. Rob Reiner mm-hmm. co wrote the first episode of Happy Days. No, he did not. Yeah. Shut the door. Yeah. Well, they were pretty good facts. They're pretty good, they, yeah. Well, well delved into. I'd like to see your facts next week, Dave. I know, I'm going to have to read all his biographies now <laughs> and try and find something interesting. So for Rob Reiner box set, episode three, what film have you picked? This week, we're going to turn it all the way up to 11. This is <laughs> Spinal Tap. Yes. The 1984 spoof documentary film about the English rock band Spinal Tap reliving former glories. It follows them around for their ill-fated US comeback tour and new album launch. So why have you gone with This Is Spinal Tap out of, you know, there's some really good Rob Barner films oh, which we're yes. going to go through. There's, we're going to do a whole box set of them. Why did you get dibs on this one? It's genre-defining. Like, you... The word mockumentary came from this film, so it's special just for that alone. And I'm sure it people had played with the idea of doing the sorts of spoof documentaries before, but I feel like the genre of mockumentaries, this is Spinal Tap, was the complete formula by which everything else followed, which I will go into at some point later. So for me, it's absolutely special. For that reason, and it's also Rob. It was one. Of, was it Rob Reiner's first? One of the early ones. One of his think, early yeah. ones, and to be able to pull that out the bag like so early on, am I? Another reason I love it is its portrayal of the music industry is so <laughs> spot on. It's so many at the time. Like I think Rob Reiner was. was someone said to him, "Says like." When it first came out, is oh, we loved the film, but why did you choose such an unknown band? Like, oh, really? People did didn't realize it was it was it was absolutely made up. It was a joke. It's it's and even Ozzy Osbourne apparently Ozzy Osbourne when he saw it was shocked. Going, is this about us? Like, is this like people watching the Blair Witch Project? Yeah, coming out yeah, thinking it was it's weird. real. A lot of people were completely confused and threw by it. it was like, is it real? Is it not real? Mm. It's it's just so brilliant. And I was in a band myself, albeit completely unsuccessful. <laughs> but I do love I love my music, so I've got that sort of bond to it. But I really understand is that managing the relationship and balance of personalities in a band is just a couple of bands I've been in. That's the hardest bit. It's So that's my sub question. Yeah. How much of being in a band do you think this kind of represents from your experience? Oh, it's it's <laughs> it's everything. It's few people I've been in bands with with friends, and you have your history and girlfriends. Girlfriends come in. You party too much. You go out <laughs> a bit too much and get a bit carried away. It's 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 all too real. <laughs> it's, and and that that's when I've, I was in actually two, a couple of bands, but like literally we had a good little crack around the pool area, but we didn't really go on anything else. Oh, we did. We had a couple had a couple of nights in Manchester. One, one I came of, on a coach to see you in Manchester did, once, yeah. and we we had a bit of an experience down in London one night where we supported the Carl Barrett, who who was in the Libertines. He, after the Libertine split up, yeah. he formed another band. I can't remember what they were called, but we supported him in a little club in the middle of... Oh, like, was that your London. little rock and roll moment? Is yeah, it, yeah, it was a bit weird because uh, we were invited down by Alan McGee, who was the Oasis manager at the time. Right. He was sort of looking for other bands and he invited us down. It just sort of... One reason or another didn't sort of plan for us, but yeah, it was a bit... But that was a very spinal tap night because <laughs> <laughs> we, we stayed in a hotel in the middle of London. It was a bit like... Nisi, our drummer. Can uh, he remember it? <laughs> he probably won't remember it. That's what, but uh, it was very spinal tap, shall we say. So should we talk about the cast? Because this is like a hell of a cast. Yeah. Some of like 
our absolute favourite names are going to come up, I think, here. Okay, first of all, we've got Marty DeBergi, played by the man himself, Rob Reiner. I'm not going to say what else Rob Reiner We're does. Doing just, a whole box just set. watch the just <laughs> watch, well li- watch his films and listen to this box set. I'm going to just mention one thing. Apparently, in an interview, Harry Shearer said Rob was sort of potentially going to be one of the band members when he was sort of getting the idea together, mm. but. How much this is true, I don't know, but when you realised he couldn't pull off like it, I'd be like, no, maybe you'll have to find another role for you. I sort of want that to be true, but it's a great joke if it isn't as well. It's typical Harry Shearer, you just don't know if it was or not. And that's the whole thing I was finding, it's the myth, it's the reality, I just love that idea of Rob Ryder coming out and spandex, (laughs) you're like, no, we need to to think about this. Get your cap on and and your leather jacket. So going back into the other cast, we've got David St. Hubbins, played by Michael McKean. He's, you know, the, the three I'm going to mention have worked together quite a lot. So you've got Michael McKean. He was in, I remember him from Memoirs of Invisible Man. Is the... Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase one of them. He's also been in an episode of Friends, but recently he's better known as Chuck Saul's brother from Better Call Saul, which is a completely different performance you know oh, it's it, i think i think is he the best thing in it oh he's brilliant i mean i know he's that, i know such, the main ones yeah, are great, yeah, yeah, no, but i just no, think he, he's memorable in it yeah, yeah 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 um what i didn't know then until we were sort of researching you mentioned earlier because you said there was something on imdb about the thick of it and I was yeah like, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the thick of it yeah, yeah huge fan of in the loop and i was thinking i don't remember michael Keane and in, in the thick of it at all so when we looked it up, apparently it was, it was a TV pilot of an American version of The Thick of It. So he was going to play the character of Glenn. Oliver Platt was going to be Malcolm Tucker. Just would have loved to have seen that. Genius. And the other genius thing is Ollie, who's played by Chris Addison in the British version, Rhea Seahorn from Better Call Saul, yes. was going to be like a female version of the Ollie character. It would have been really interesting. I'd love to have seen that. I wonder if we've had this a few times before with the British series transferred to a pilot over in America is they didn't Americanise it because that was the problem with the IT crowd, wasn't it? It was Yeah, and did in between us as well, yeah, didn't it? It didn't come off because it just the ones that have been successful. But then again, I haven't said Well, it led into Veep, though. So Ian yes. Uchi did the pilot, the thick of it, didn't get picked up. They asked them back and they did Veep. And obviously that's about the vice president. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, Americanised. So it, it, that works, That's how it, it works. And he was, in, he was in that as well. Yeah. And we've also got a Nigel Tufnell, played by Christopher Guest. He's going to pop up in virtually every Rob Reiner <laughs> film. I've got Waiting for Guffman. There's another one you need to see. Nice the Museum 2. Christopher Guest was in Laverne and Shirley, a few episodes, which was Penny Marshall, who was married to. Well, Michael McKean was in was in a hundred and seventy odd episodes of Laverne and Shirley. Oh, really? As well? Yeah, that was that was how he got it. I didn't include ah, it because so Christopher Guest in a couple of episodes as well. Yeah, well, but Michael McKean is one of the main right through it. Right. See, I did. I, I saw that and I didn't put it down because I never really watched. It's not really. It's it never really, come over here. Yeah, I don't yeah. think did it. But it's one of the most. It wasn't like, big. It was massive in America. So, all of them have worked together, mm. and we've also got Derek Smalls played by Harry Shearer, who we've mentioned before previously. <laughs> Obviously, he's more famous for doing a lot of voices in The Simpsons. Yeah. A couple of ones I picked out for. He's in League of Their Own as well. He was the voice caster. He was oh, the he is, radio he? caster, and he's also in a Truman Show. Yeah. Well. Truman Show is one of my like yeah. favorite films of all time. What I thought was quite funny when I was looking for IMDb, obviously all them films you mentioned, and for some reason IMDb it had the Simpsons bowling game, and it had a picture of the um, the actual game itself. And I was thinking, well, surely all the Simpsons like actors and stuff, but it was on his like. It was just weirdly on his list of IMDb, just a picture of the game. Because they do <laughs> really voice performances yeah. on, t- on computer games as well on IMDb. But what we've got to say is about all f- all three of them who we mentioned, so Michael McKean, Christopher Guest and Harry Shearer, all did Best in Show together. Mm. And I've never got round to seeing this, but A Mighty Wind 2003, which is all three of them play ageing folk musicians going on tour 
And I've just completely forgotten it, about it, this. It's film. bypassed me somehow. I haven't seen it either, which is but really apparently odd. Apparently, that's just as it's as well rated as, as yeah. Best in Show and, and Spinal So, like, that is literally. We've let ourselves down, haven't we? I by feel not like, even seeing that. Yeah, I feel like, especially when we come to what else you'd like, the categories that I've got later, it should really be in that list, but I've never <laughs> seen it, so I can't add it. <laughs> also, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fly through these ones of what and one thing you've been in, and if you want to add at the end, anyone else, you just chuck in. It's got quite a big cast. I think obviously Rob Reiner goes and invites all his mates, doesn't he? Because we've got Bruno mm. Kirby, who was also in Free Amigos. We've got Patrick McNee from The Avengers. And when we say The Avengers, we mean the British TV show with Joanna Lumley and what was the other girl who played the original one in The Avengers? Everyone loved. Anyway. Yeah. Old black and white TV shows. Dana Carvey from Wayne's World. Billy Crystal, again. From I'm gonna go when Harry met Sally, but could pick anything from a video. Angelica Houston from Adam's Family, yeah. and the last one, Fred Willard, more famous recently for Modern Family. I, I had I had the same ones. The the only thing I had for Bruno Kirby is that he's in City Slickers yes. with with Billy Crystal, yes, with Billy which Crystal. was kind of a link to them. But I love Bill Kirby in Good Morning Vietnam. Oh yes, he's amazing in that. He's only has a really small part in this. Yeah, yeah. He's like the limo driver. And the bit with Dana Carvey and Billy Crystal, it is a blink and you miss them kind of cameo. It is really funny, though. It's one of the funniest lines Billy Crystal says, um, mime is money. Mime. (laughs) Because the mimes aren't. (laughs) (laughs) That bit really made me laugh. He's chill. It almost seems that when Rob Reiner makes a film... First thing he does is get on the phone towards mates. It's like speed dial, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like a group chat. I don't know. But <laughs> just, the equivalent. Just because I'm making a film. <laughs> but and and it would seem that all all these actors love working with Rob Reiner as well. I mm. think he, that's one thing he comes across. Rob Reiner is actors seem to really enjoy and do really good performances for Rob Reiner. Because the, the, it's very similar in sort of like like Scorsese's the same, isn't he? Same sort of. Um, Actors around yeah. in football, you find managers sign players that yeah. they trust, and directors are just the same. Why wouldn't you want to be on the set with your mate? Because you, you know, know it's a risk making a film, so you're gonna mm-hmm. have people you know you can trust. It, I think the football analogy of a manager who goes and signs players continually is 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 a very yeah. good example of it. And um, and why wouldn't you? You know, you you go to people you trust definitely, and. God, you definitely trust all the people that he's picked. God, yeah. So this is a tough one then. Who's your favourite character? You could pick any of the band, but I'm going for Nigel Tufnell. <laughs> and why? One, I just, he's the one I just identify with. He's the one I, I just, I just This go, is Christopher Guest, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I just go to whenever I watch that. that I think he's... That's that's the me, if personality wise, and one thing I love is I love his t-shirts, well, the t-shirts, <laughs> and I'm I'm actually gutted because in in the film he wears a Norman's rare guitar t-shirt. Now mm. Norman's rare guitar is a, an absolutely famous guitar shop over in Hollywood. I'd love to visit. It's one of my dreams, one of my bucket lists to go to, and I'd ordered the t-shirt. But it hasn't arrived yet. Oh, were you going to wear yeah, it? Yeah, I was going to wear it. Oh, that so would have been, been And I just think when I watch, when I go into a couple of my favourite moments and stuff, it's Nigel Tuffman, it's Spinal Tap, it's the 11. Mm. Now it goes to 11. <laughs> well, well, could it just be 10, but painted to it? No, it's 11. It's That to me... That's the memorable. Yeah. That's what everyone links to. Yeah. You're going to have to take a picture of the T-shirt when it comes. I will do. I will do. Post it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't go with anyone on the band then. Oh. I went with Ian Faith, who's the manager. Yeah. Who's played by Tony Hendra. And what I found out when I was reading, I didn't know, is that he said before the first day of shooting, he actually tried to commit suicide. I've, yeah, I've read yeah. about that. And then making the film and all the fun he had doing the film, apparently he just saved him from depression. So what a performance from someone who yeah. clearly was at like a really low point really in their life. Really good performance. I love the bit where he's... Where he's the way he stands with the cricket bat and stuff like that. Well, I, I mentioned that because I just think, apart from the only thing I found was 
His voice is very much like Piers Morgan, I think. Oh my yes, I I'm so a, all the way through. Okay, I, I didn't realise until I watched it again. It's bloody Piers Morgan. It's very Piers Morgan, yeah, yeah. isn't it? I and like... that's not a good thing, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for those that don't know, there's a bit where he, I like where he's, the band were talking about something. I can't remember his line now, but he says something like, "You know, it's only a problem why it's a problem." Like until we resolve, and I was like sitting there thinking, "That's a really good line." Yeah. Like it's only a problem right now. When we fix it, it's not a problem. I thought, like such a manager's yeah, yeah line, yeah. isn't it? You know, the cricket bat obviously is just really funny when he just says it's just handy to have a piece of wood in your hand. Yes, <laughs> made me laugh. And then obviously the the two things I know we're going to talk about scenes, but just the, just why I chose him as like my favorite character, the the black album. Which yeah. is the plain black, yeah. and he's trying to sort of say to them, it's like, almost like it's like, it's classical and it's like, you know, stripped back. It's like, no, that meant what you're saying makes no sense. There's no like titles on it or anything. And then obviously, because yeah, the, it was, what was it called? Smell Glove. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can so even let them have the photo on the front. And the scene, obviously, with him and Angelica Houston when he's the talk, I'm going to, you're going to talk about that scene. No, at no, all. that's so, not one of my scenes, no. If you've never seen the film, obviously they bought the the band the tour and they want to have a life size Stonehenge come down from the ceiling, and they've they've drew a is, picture yeah, of yeah, it. Angelica yeah. Houston's there, and she's built it, but it's eighteen inches tall, not eighteen feet tall, and it's just the way he handles it. And I was, and it's a really small scene, which yeah, is, yeah. I, I forgot it is actually. Yeah, my, uh, sorry, but um, I just like I just thought he was great because I thought I thought you're going to pick either the one of the bands, or you're going to try and maybe group them as one. And I thought, I'm going to go for someone completely different. I think he's he's great. It did cross my mind to... You had to pick one of the yeah, bands, Yeah, I just... I but it, to be honest with you, it wasn't that difficult because... <laughs> it's I, brilliant. And Nigel is just my character with Smile Tap. It's like, it's like who's your favourite Beatle? Who's your favourite mm. Rolling Stone? You know, is it... I, he's just my favourite. It's just when I watch Final Tap, it's it's him I root for, and it just I just love him. And but yeah, the the t-shirt definitely. <laughs> I love his green skeleton one. I like that one. I think turn it up to eleven is going to be on this. What's your favourite moment scene? Well, I, I didn't choose the it's eleven moment, but it is it is a classic moment. I've got a couple of couple of honourables. I love the scene where they're at Elvis's grave and he starts singing. <laughs> That's harmonising. Oh, my God. Did like, you read the story about why it was that song? No. So so they're not really, obviously, at Elvis's grave. They've recreated yeah. it. Yeah. But that was, I think it was something like that was the only song they could afford <gasps> yeah, or Yeah, because it was, yeah, that's right. It was copyright issues they picked. Yeah. So the reason I find it so funny is when I was in my band with Dave and Nisi Cardello was... I wasn't really allowed to sing that much because I'm not that good a singer. I'm okay, but I'm a bit inconsistent with everything. But the whole thing where they were trying, no, 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 no go, go down, go up, up. It's just my whole life of sat in the rehearsal room and listening to people, no, 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 go, go up, go down, no, no. and I'm just like, and it just, it just tickles me. Go, no, 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 you go low, low, no, no. And it's just, the way they do it is because... They are all naturally real musicians. That's another thing we haven't even mentioned yet. They play all the instruments themselves. They sing all themselves. All of them are amazing musicians as well. I think that's completely mm. forgotten about as well. Because you can tell, you can clearly tell, can't yeah. you? Yeah, there's like, no mime. That's Michael McKean's voice coming yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. And doing a, a British accent. Yes. So yes. it's not only an American yes. singer singing in a British accent as well. It is amazing. So that's 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 one of my favourite scenes. The other one was the unveiling of Stonehenge, and it's it's just it's the bit where it actually comes down <laughs> on stage. Because why bring it down? Once you realise you can't, you know, it's not the eighteenth. It's foot the look one. of each other when they're like, yeah, and you got like guys dressed as leprechauns to sort of, which he's obviously brought them in to try and make it look bigger. Is that was that? Yes. That's what I got from it anyway. That was the, the it was point. absolute. That is it's one chaos, of, isn't it's, it? It's just so typical of what goes on. Me. One of my other favourite bits is where Derek Spalls gets stuck in the pod for the whole song <laughs> and he can't get out. The guy's got a What's so good about it is because they're really playing live and he plays the song 
and I, and, and obviously I played bass in the band, so I know he's, he plays the whole. You can see him playing in a really <laughs> awkward position, and he, he and then just as he gets out, they all step back in again. <laughs> just he's like, oh, fuck. I I wrote that one down because that, that is really funny. But my all-time favourite scene is. And it's one of the scenes where, where Nigel Tufnell's just sat in his little studio and he's, he's chatting to Rob Ryan. I think they've done a few little scenes where he's, he said, oh, these are my guitars. And mm. oh, he's talking about his guitars. And he's playing this lovely, beautiful piece of <laughs> piano music. And he's just playing on and he goes, Rob Ryan and Marty goes, oh, that's a beautiful piece of music. What's it called? Lick my love pump. <laughs> that's just... That to me... Is spinal tap because he's about how much he likes Bach and it. it's yeah. just it's it's just the delivery is lick my love pump. It's just my favorite scene is with Nigel again, but this is like an off camera bit. It's when no, we're not the military base. Yes, and um, Fred Willard, who's playing lieutenant, says he says to them, "We're such fans of your music and all your records." And then he goes, "I'm not speaking of you personally, but just the whole genre." <laughs> of and it just cuts to Nigel's face, and he's just like, "Look at that!" <laughs> and I don't know why, but that scene just made, really made me laugh because that... I think it's like the whole mockumentary thing with like the office and yeah. more modern family looking to the camera. It just. That scene just epitomised the whole mockumentary that's bit. literally the point where it's all completely gone tits up. Yeah. And you get on perform, and then because he has the radio guitar, what, the, <laughs> yeah, the radio, up, and then he, and he throws it, but I love the fact that Michael McKean's character laughs at it, and that's, that Nigel Tuffle gets even more angry, yeah. throws his guitar and walks off. It's just, <laughs> there's so many bits in them, and there's so many other bits as well, because I remember when... Years ago, I had actually had a DVD version of this, mm. and I must have got like another multiple versions really. But it had all the extras, which were loads of deleted scenes. There's about an hour of deleted scenes on this DVD. I could imagine you just left the camera rolling. It was thing. almost another film, and one of the bits, and it sort of opened up other bits that you didn't realize. So, in the deleted scene. The it mentions there's an all girl band who's their support act. So when you first see them at the start of the mm. film, they've all got coleslaws. Yeah. And then one by one in the film, you see Spinal Tap, each one of the characters one by one get oh, a coleslaw. Yes. <laughs> and it's just. Oh, so that joke's a little bit lost if you don't know yeah, the, the background. Yeah. So all you see, because every now and again as the film mm. goes on, one of them's just got coleslaw. And then another one's got it, and then it's just, and you don't mention it, but it's only because in the deleted scenes you see the old girl group right at the start, and they've all got right. and it, then it just, and there's loads of little tiny things like that. So if you can get all the deleted scenes, there's so much in it. It's just such a good film. So what about the songs then? Oh, <laughs> I picked four, and these are the ones that stand out for me. Big Bottom. It's just such a good... But it's is all... Is that the first song in the film, is it? No. Is it no, not? It, it plays... It's a little bit later is on. It? And the reason is, A, it's a funny song, but also it's a clever play because the bass in the band is what is the bottom. It's the, it's the bottom end. All three of them are playing the bass, which is just <laughs> fucking bonkers. He cuts that, it's like, it? yeah. ooh, ooh, it's like a full band of three bass players. It's hilarious and it's so clever. They're all playing different parts on the bass and he call it Big Bottom. And it's just, I just think it's a genius, a genius piece of music. I do love Sex Farm as well. <laughs> <laughs> the other song is, and it's just a prog rock masterpiece is the Stonehenge song and I just loved the bit it goes like the, the little spoken word bit and it goes into the rock song and then it goes and suddenly a mandolin comes out and he's like it's just <laughs> it's such a great song but my favourite my favourite one is the main one which you'd hear at the start tonight I'm going to rock you da, 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 oh, da, da, yeah that is that's it's such a good mm. song like the musicianship by all of them is just fantastic so if it was going to give you one song to go and listen to on Spotify, go and put tonight's I'm going to rock you. And it's just... Could you imagine, though, going 
to go into that and not know when it was a mockumentary you, and standing in the audience, you'd be thinking these songs are great, but also listening to the lyrics, it, this is so messed up. Yeah, yeah, because that, that's the whole. That's why it's so clever because the musicianship's there. The joke is 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 the lyrics and 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 they, they mention that in the film because like here, Marcy Rob Ryan's country says, "Do you think you only appeal now to?" To teenage adolescent boys because of the, mm. the, the, the sexualized the nature, but it's so cleverly taking the piss out of the whole rock metal sort of cliche of of what the industry was at the time. It's it's just genius. So, what would you have done now to make it better, or what would you have just changed in general? There's, I've got a couple of points on this one. There's quite a few continuity gaffes, quite a lot when you go back. They is that because how many times the cut, how many edits there I is? I think so, and I think they made it on the hop. They didn't have a lot of money to make it. They did apparently what they did is they were given twenty thousand pounds to go and write the script, and what they thought is they actually went and recorded about fifteen twenty minutes instead. And part of that did actually form the film, some of the scenes. Right. So there's, there's but there's just simple things like there's some scenes where like cuts from one way, someone sat somewhere, someone there's one scene where Michael McKean's girlfriend hasn't turned up yet, but she's on the sides of the stage at what if you put the camera. Oh, I never on. There's loads that. of little things. There's loads we did sort of praise the continuity errors in Princess Bride. Yeah. We sort of said that was a good thing. But I think in this it, one it, it, it doesn't it, quite work and the same well, in this. It's not. It's not a bunch of age. It's. It's his early film. He was just getting his feet. So it is quite rough around the edges, but it doesn't take anything away no. from the film. It's just. It's like I've got to come up with something. Did the things you fix, and I just think some of them are actually quite lovable continuity gaps. But some are just because they weren't competent filmmakers mm. at this point. They were. They were just making it up as they go along, and. Hence the hour of deleted yes. scenes. Yeah, yeah. So there's some lovely bits. The other bit of changes, and you mentioned before, the English accents are amazing. Oh, I think they're brilliant. They're brilliant. The only thing is, they chuck in a few words that are just not British. There's the pronunciations, like there's one word, one of them says instead of saying semi, it goes semi. Oh, that's not right. It's it Americans, Amer- you know, Americans are semi. We would never say, we would never say it's semi. So, and... Um, the bit where he's going to want to be <laughs> the cucumbers with wrapped in foil. Yeah. So he goes on, he, he says the word zipper. English people would never say the word zipper no. to fly. So there's a couple of things, a couple of things when I was watching at the time, I was like, oh. So, oh, why didn't someone pick up on that? And there was a couple of others I can't quite remember, but I do remember going, no, did did. Do you think some of it is, though, I'm not pointing this, just that this is Spinal Tap, but... Throw in American sayings because they know an American audience won't understand fly. I, if you said I'm, I'm I'm pulling my fly up, American audience would not have a clue. I'd most definitely, most definitely, and I think um, you've got to you've got to cater a little bit. Yeah, I'm with you. It, it should be more it like, authentic, ju- so to speak. It could have just been the the wing quite sure, but accents they nailed all of them nailed the accents so well it's it's incredible incredible acting but yeah there's a couple of words and then I go that's not the correct if you didn't know these actors and you were watching it for the first time you yeah. would think they were English actors wouldn't you yeah oh all day you know so. I, I I remember the, I knew Spinal Tap before I knew Christopher Guest and Michael Keane and I was shocked when you realise fuck me that's them <laughs> that's, that's Nigel <laughs> So what about the impact it just had on the, the, the film industry and Hollywood in general, really? So it only cost £2.5 million to make. It says it grossed 4.7, so it was a decent return, but I think bollocks to that, it's, it's, it's absolute cult status. It's a classic. We're talking about it now, aren't it's, we? It is a classic. And the quote, live on the 11, has become part of popular culture it's 11 it's not 10 it's 11 it's just it will live on the biggest legacy it's going to leave and it gave us is the genre which i mentioned before it's the mockumentary it is genre defining it's so important to pick that up and just say this is 
Yes, like I said before, other filmmakers have played around for the idea of spoof documentaries, but the format of this film, without this film, we didn't get The Office. Without this film, we didn't get what we did in Shadows. Nope. Without this film, we didn't get Parks and Rec. Without this film, we don't get Modern Family. And it's and, weird and how... The main one's Cape. Of course, yeah, Cape. With, and it's weird how it took it, almost a generation. It's almost like Ricky Gervais and everyone, like uh, the guys involved in all the other films, as kids loved Spinal Tap. And when they got when they made films, they made X Y Z, and, and they that, made the, their version of it. Yes. Like what was because I've read like sort of Ricky Gervais interviews talking about like basically write about what you know. Yeah. So you know, we wrote in the office, but obviously the inspiration for how they filmed it oh. is all from from this, isn't it? It's 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 you know, and the thing about you know the difference between the office and Modern Family, there's a, there's a, you know Modern Family is very much almost a a classic American sitcom, but. It was still had that mockumentary style. It was just Parks and Rec is one of my favourite things. and uh, It's just, without this film, there's some absolute classics don't come about. Mm. And I, I, for me, that that's, that's the biggest impact it had. Okay, so it's that time then. Is Kenny here? Is he going to come up or He's what? He's been quiet this week. He's really quiet. Yeah. There he is. Right, we need Kenny to dim the lights. Liam, I'm going to ask you a series of questions and you've got two seconds to answer each question. So this is your quick fire round. <laughs> if you could see any band live tonight, who would you go see? The Beatles. If you could see any solo artist live tonight, who would you go see? I've seen them, but I'd still say it again, Neil Young. If you could be taught to play an instrument, what's the instrument and who would you get to teach you? Oh, I can already... I'm okay guitarist. Pop me, find my way around the bass a little bit. Play a bit of drums. So I'm gonna go. I'd really like to be able to play piano a bit better. I would like to sit down with Elton John. That's a good one. Isn't it? Yeah, you're gonna go piano. I think. Yeah, I just think he's got a really interesting take on, on piano. What's the best venue to go to? Mm. One of my favourite places doesn't exist anymore. The Zanzibar. The Zanzibar. Yeah. That's a good pull. What's yeah. the worst place to go? The Zanzibar. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, last one then. Sex, drugs or sausage rolls? Oh, sausage rolls, especially if they're from Greg's. <laughs> this is Spinal Tap. Where can we watch it? It's not available on any of your general streaming platforms, your Netflix or your Netflix your Prime or Disney Plus. So you do have to pay via YouTube and Google, I'd imagine. So your normal streaming yeah, places, but nowhere but nowhere free. Nudge nudge wink wink. Mm-hmm. There's if there seems to be a full version on YouTube whether you get away with watching it. So I don't know. But it seems to have thousands of views and it's still on there. So yeah, yeah. sit down and go on there. So we're gonna talk then about if you really like Spinal Tap, what other things would you like? I'll go um, first. I picked mockumentaries because yeah. obviously we had to. I've tried to pick ones that we haven't mentioned, so... It's difficult because we have... Yeah. It's, it's a favourite of ours as well, isn't it? So, Kerb, obviously, you've got to mention The Office we've mentioned, The Modern Family, what we do in The Shadows, but I've picked some others. I've picked Borat. That's good, yeah. You don't get Borat without This Is Spinal Tap. It's massively influenced... Mike Bassett, football manager. Oh, that's a good pull, that lad. That's a good pull. <laughs> and one I know you still haven't seen yet, but it is done as a, a documentary, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. I do want to watch that, yeah. I just really love that film. It's just such a nice like film. But again, you don't get... Bit, bit of a of mouthful to say, though, isn't Should it? try again? <laughs> <laughs> and then I've done 
because it's all about the band and the band trying to make a comeback, I've just done movies or TVs that have kind of made a bit of a comeback. Oh, good, good, good theme. So, Top Gun Maverick. Yes. We've mentioned that a few yeah. times. We love that, haven't we? Big fans. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, uh, yeah. Quite enjoyed yeah. that. And there's another another Ghostbusters coming soon. Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Obviously, the Tom Hardy version. Uh, Mel Gibson, the original. Cobra Kai. We mentioned that a few times, haven't we? And it's the same era as well, isn't it? From Spinal Tap, the early 80s yeah. and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. then we obviously had the Rocky movies, but now we've got the Creed movies. Definitely, yeah. So they might come back movies or TV shows. And your category is? I've gone with music-related films. But before I do them, I'm just going to chuck in a couple of documentaries now two of them are were released as films mm. is the martin scorsese directed and edited the last waltz which is all about the band it was their final concert and he got all a massive friends at the time every like every big musician bob dylan neil young they all come and play the last waltz about three hours it's a spectacular cinematic experience of a live concert so martin scorsese filmed it took years to edit because he he was still in a time and he didn't really get to grips with the clapper so yeah. it took them years to edit he had like <laughs> hours and hours of footage that it took them years to finally get him but it's a, it's a, an amazing piece of 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 cinema so mm. it was released as a film likewise woodstock the film documentary i think martin scorsese was involved in that as well i'm not 100 sure that's amazing it just it's it's all about time the music the feel the vibe i'm also going to chuck in and i've mentioned it before and it's very especially right at this moment because we've just listened to the new beatles song you just released but get back the peter jackson beatles i just think it's just a stunning is it like four hours is it yeah it's stunning it's just it's magical. It is magical. So they're, they're things I just wanted to touch on. What I've got here are, are films related to music or the music industry. Without the ruttles, this is Spinal Tap doesn't happen. So I think, and I think mm-hmm. Rob Ryan, I would definitely have that. But I've got to pull <laughs> Rob Ryan and say, come on, you watch the ruttles, didn't you? Feel like, yeah, yeah. So ruttles is really important. Other films have got School of Rock. Love that, yeah. Is I'd love great. to see the stage play as well. Yeah, definitely. Eurovision, the Will Ferrell one. Yeah, do you know who's brilliant in that? Um, Dan Stevens. He plays like, he's like a Nor- the Norwegian rival. He's amazing, yeah, isn't that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sing, the animated one, Matthew McConaughey, playing the little, I can't remember what cat. He plays, they're all animals in it. Yeah, I think he's the gorilla. The, funny yeah. enough, you mentioned it on yes. before. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He was in Rocket Man. Oh, I love I love Sing and Sing Two is really good as well. Pitch Perfect, there's Pitch Perfect Two and Pitch Perfect. I think I've only ever seen the first one. You know, they are the all very watchable, and I think it's the second one. It's got the scene where Rebel Wilson comes in on the on the on the on the like wire trapeze. And just complete, and it's just, it's just <laughs> such a funny piece of film. It's just, she's, she's spectacular. Pitch Perfect, I really love. The Adam Sandberg one, pop star, never stop stopping. So I haven't seen that. It's really good. And I love them as well. It is. He's absolutely nailed the, the like, it's basically NSYNC, Backstreet right. Boys. It's, it's so good. And the guys he did it with, the guys he's worked with right through everything he does as well. If you're going to have a film, about the music industry, we can't not have the Blues Brothers. I've been waiting for you to say the Blues Brothers, I'll be honest. Yeah. I think that was almost going to be one of the quickfire questions, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, so I think you've got to have that in. Just, just it, it's funny, the music's amazing. Virtually the same year, isn't it? I think about the same year. Yeah, around that time, yeah. yeah. I've got a couple of other films here, a couple of biops, Bohemian Rhapsody, which I know... That and Ellen John one came out a few years ago, which we just mentioned. Yeah. This by Bohemian Rhapsody, sorry, is a better film. Rami Malek's good, yeah. <sighs> to be honest, I, I I thought it was really harsh, to be honest, because Rami Malek won the Oscar, and I don't think um, Taron Egerton even got nominated. And I do think the performances are just yeah, as good. Yeah, yeah. But I, I do think the films, I think 
premium apps did slightly better, especially because of the Live Aid yeah, ending. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, but I think Taron Egerton deserved an Oscar nomination at least because I thought his performance was brilliant. It's a great film. Um, and he actually sang his songs as well. He did, yeah, he did. Another one I've got on here as well, Elvis, the Baz Luhrmann one recently. I think oh, any Baz Luhrmann film is, is on my but list. But what's his name? Butler. What's his name? Um, Austin, Austin Butler. Austin. Oh my God! His performance of Aust- of Elvis is spectacular. How he didn't get the Oscar for that, or was he nominated? I'm pretty sure he was nominated. He was definitely nominated. Um, yeah, but I can't remember who did win actually in the end. Can't remember. Brilliant. Absolutely loved it. A then the mid nineties Oliver Stone film The Doors, where Val Kilmer became Jim Morrison. It's, it's just a beautiful film. It's so good. I really love that. I'm going to chuck in, last one, The Bodyguard. <laughs> I love The Bodyguard. That's a great soundtrack, yeah. It is. And um, it's a great film. Anything from Kevin Costner we're always in for as well. And I'm going to... The last one is... I'm going to finish on... And I watched it recently, and it's such a good film, Whiplash. With, from Top Gun yes. Maverick as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And J.K. Simmons plays yeah. the... T- Great, and it's all about it's such a good film. You think it's a, it's a film about a, a drummer trying to be a jazz drummer? It's not, it's it's amazing. Right, let's wrap up because we won't be doing this again, again, again. That's for Whiplash. Oh, yeah, <laughs> tell to do it over and over. All right, that was This is Spinal Tap, and you should watch it if you can. This was a Watch It If You Can production, executive produced by Kenny, our Val's lad, on Wake Experience. Don't forget to follow, rate and share from wherever you get your podcasts.